Escamilla. I'm the Community Engagement Director here at NCC. And my name is Micah Escamilla. I am our Groups and Discipleship Director. And we are super excited to kick off uh, or to have our second week of this series with you guys. So we actually wanted to kick off our message with some of our favorite memes from this week. And I made a few of these, so even if I can just get a pity laugh from you guys, I would really, really appreciate it. So our first one, me peacefully driving to work, the person about to cut me off on 80. Every, every day to work, every day. Second one, me, my wife ranting, take a chill pill. All the guys in the room know this is the perfect solution to every argument and every conversation that you can have. <laughs> and if I could just cut in here, I need to clarify, this has never happened in our no, household. Never. Ever. Okay. There, sometimes I use big words I don't fully understand in an effort to make myself sound more photosynthesis. Everyone who's wrote a college paper knows this is the way to go. Last one, when you ask your kid to do their chores and they say, okay, and then you hear them mumbling under their breath as they walk away. All the parents in the room know exactly how this feels, exactly how this sounds. And so we are super excited. These were just some of our favorite memes from the week. In this series, we're actually going into the book of Proverbs. And we're doing some study on the book of Proverbs, what the book of Proverbs says. And the book of Proverbs was actually written by King Solomon. So King Solomon was believed to be one of the wisest men at the time, one of the wisest men to walk the earth. And it's just, the book is packed with wisdom and advice that we can take from then and now even use in our daily lives now. So last week, Pastor Aaron gave an amazing message about work and involving God in our work and what that looks like. So if you guys have a chance, give that a listen. And we're super excited today to talk about the power of our words and just the weight that our words carry. Yeah, but before we dive into our message, we just want to take a moment and use our words in the very most powerful way we know that we can, and we're just going to pray together before we get started this morning. So, Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity it is to come into your house, to celebrate you, to praise you, to worship you all together as a church. God, I pray over this message, pray that it would resonate in the hearts of everybody in the room watching online, and we give this message to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So as Micah and I started to have the early conversations of this message, we began to ask ourselves, hey, where do our words even come from in the first place? When we're having conversations with other people, where, where, are, where are our words rooted? And it came down to this one idea that our words are a window meaning that our words are a direct reflection of the condition of our heart. So what I mean by that is whatever is happening in our hearts will inevitably come out in what we say, right? But this is not a new concept that Micah and I just came up with in talking about this message. This is a very old, long-lasting concept that is biblical, in fact. One of the places that's found in the Bible is Luke 6, verse 45. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For instance, if you've ever been someone who's been in love, and you know that feeling of when you're falling in love with someone. So today is actually three months of Micah and I being married. So thank you. So if you need marriage advice, we're pros. 
Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I vividly remember the feeling of falling in love. And when you are so infatuated with a person and that's where your heart is, that's just all you can talk about. So I remember saying to my roommates and my friends, my mom, he's so handsome and he loves Jesus. He's so kind because that's just the condition of my heart. I was always talking about it in my language. You see, but the other side of it is if we are bitter towards someone, and we allow that bitterness to sit in us, to fester, that bitterness turns into resentment, right? So whenever we're speaking to someone we're resentful towards, that will inevitably come through our language. Whether it's we're speaking to that person, we're speaking about that person, the condition of our heart will always come out in our language. And we can see this in every area of life in particular, some of us here might relate to the idea of it happening in our workplace, right? Maybe you have a boss who is always asking things from you, and you find yourself in a position sort of like this one, where your boss asks for another thing that day, and your heart just really wants to say, nope, 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 nope. But then you just find that little bit of self-control that says, absolutely, but you really want to say all of that. <laughs> Here's the thing. The truth is, what we decide to let into our hearts will inevitably flow from what we're speaking in our language and our words, speaking to other people and ourselves. Yeah, and so actually a little backstory about me and Zandra is we went to Bible college together. That's how we met. So we met at Bible college in Arizona. And one thing that always stuck with us from our Bible college is that they loved their one-liners. So, like, they're little, like, one-word sentences that, like, stuck in your head, like, whether they rhymed or had alliteration or whatever it was, and we just always remember those. And so, as we were writing this, we remember one of them that said, our language locates us. And we're like, that's perfect for this because that's what this is about. Our language, it locates where our heart is at. And that, yeah, that just means our words, they show where our, where our heart is at. And as Jesus followers... We have to be a little bit more intentional with this and where our words are coming from, where our heart is at. Because even when we're having conversations that aren't necessarily about Jesus or about Christianity, our words should be different because they're coming out of a heart that loves Jesus, that loves people. And so that's where our heart should be located. Therefore, that's where our words should flow out of. And in Proverbs 21, 23, it says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards himself from troubles. And so we're not perfect at this. None of us are perfect at this. I still have to work on where my language comes from. When I'm worried about something or having a difficult time at work, I have to reflect on what my words mean. But that's our responsibility as Jesus followers and as Christians who love people is that we don't use our words flippantly or without thinking about them. We reflect on our words. Where's my heart at? And we guard our tongue and our mouth and say, I'm not going to say the things that I necessarily want to say, but I'm going to love people well. I'm going to use my words well and intentionally. And that's because our words, they are not only words flowing out of our mouth, but our words, they impact others. Yeah, and the truth is, we don't even always know the impact our words have on other people, right? Some of the very smallest comments can dig really deep. So, ladies, I know you can relate to me on this one. Me, after taking two hours to get ready, and my coworker says, you look comfortable. 
That one just always, always gets to me. But on a real note, our words, like we have been saying, they inevitably have impact. And what we're, what we're learning about, what we're saying is it's within our control whether or not our words are used for good or they're used for harm. Proverbs 12:18 tells us that rash language cuts and maims, but there is healing in the words of the wise. Have you ever had someone impact you to hurt you with their words? Maybe it was something, you know, just said, like a dig in a conversation, something that was said with intention to purposefully hurt you, to tear you down. Or maybe it was something said in a conversation, they didn't even know they said it, but still, whatever they said lasted with you and maybe has lasted with you even for years. Our words have an impact. But the other side of that is there are encouraging words, words that speak life, words that build up, words that speak into dreams. Our words have impact and it is within our control how we get to use our words. But that starts with creating really healthy thought patterns in our minds, right? And sometimes with our words, we have really, really bad habits. And that's the truth. We've all been a part of it. This is not something Micah and I are perfect at. We're still learning and growing. But we have to learn what it is to take control over our hearts and over our minds in order to speak beauty in our words. And that starts with our thoughts. And did you know that the Bible actually tells us we have authority over our thoughts? It says in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that we can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And speaking of one-liners from Bible college, one of the things that they told us was that you cannot control your first thought, but you can control the second. So as we are getting these first thoughts in our head, right, whether that's a temptation to say something in a certain tone, because you're irritated, <laughs> whether that's something we can hurt someone with our words, that temptation, that first thought, when that first thought comes, it's about learning and training ourselves, our spirits, to recognize that and say, nope, Jesus, I'm choosing to honor you in this moment, so redirect my thoughts, redirect my path, and help me move forward to speak in love, to speak in truth, because if we don't, we can make impact that's long-lasting but not necessarily good. Proverbs 11:12 tells us, he who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. This theme of the power of our words and the beauty of controlling our words to use them for good is all throughout Proverbs. This temptation for gossip is a real thing, and I think it's really important to talk about. It can be really uncomfortable but I think it's really prevalent in all stages of life. And I think we are all subject to being tempted by this temptation of gossip. But the word is equipping us and teaching us how to move forward in love so that we as a church, we as Jesus followers, are not seen as people that tear down with our words, but we can build up. And that self-control is the beauty, beauty of our words. Proverbs 26, 20 says, when you run out of wood, the fire goes out. When the gossip ends, the quarrel dies down. Another verse showing us that it is within our control when we partner 
with Yahweh to use our words to love people, to be representations of who Jesus Christ is to the people we see, our coworkers, our spouses, our children, and use our words for good. Because the thing is, it's not just about the moment we choose that moment where we might slip up and we might gossip in that group or there's a really heated argument with your spouse or a coworker or your friend at school and you just say something maybe you don't even mean and maybe you cool off after and you move on but the moment we allow something to slip from our mouths it then can immediately resonate with other people so we can either choose to you know use this encouragement speak life over people that will make a lasting impact or it can't. And it'll hurt. So it's so much more about that one moment. Yeah, and that's so, so true. The words of others, they can often become the words of us, our own words that we use. And our words, they impact ourselves. Our words impact ourselves. And that's real. The words of others can be things that we repeat. And it reminds me of uh, a story in the Old Testament in Numbers 13. And if you know a little bit about the Israelites, they're God's chosen people, and they were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, and God sent Moses to rescue them, and they've been brought out of Egypt, and they're being led to God's promise. And he's shown them miracle and miracle along the way. Well, they get to about to the promise that, that God has for them, and they face the first obstacle, the first challenge. And... They come before Moses, and the people start to say, we, we can't do it. Like, we can't get past this. What they say is that we are just grasshoppers. And that's how they viewed themselves, because they had been in Egypt for 400 years. They had been in Egypt for 400 years, and the words that were said to them started to become the words that they said to themselves. Even after they had been rescued from Egypt and brought out, they were somewhere far gone from Egypt, the words that they had repeated to themselves were, we are just grasshoppers, we are just servants. And so even though through the miracles they had seen God work and seen what God could do, what they repeated to themselves and what shaped their mindsets were that they were in the exact same place. God had brought them out of Egypt, but they had not taken the Egypt out of themselves. So they stayed in that same place. And our words in the same way that they can do hurt to others, they can do hurt to ourselves. They shape our words, they shape our mindset, and even after they were brought out, they were still shaping the mindset of the Israelites. And sometimes it's the words of others that we repeat to ourselves. Sometimes it's the failures and the problems that we've had in our own lives that we remind ourselves of after we're far gone, after the conflict is over, after the problem is over, and we remind ourselves, no, I can't do this, I did this, or I can't reach that. I have this in my past, and we're looking in the rearview mirror of our lives and reminding ourselves things that are no longer a part of our life, but we use them to set limitations on what we can do and what God can do in us. And I think of Proverbs 15, 4, kind words heal and help, cutting words wound and maim. And this is pretty identical to what Xandra just said in Proverbs 12, 18, and this is because the author is trying to emphasize something. He's trying to make something real for us and for it to stick in our mind, and so that's why he's repetitive in what he's saying. And that's the impact of our words, the weight that they carry, and the power they have in our lives. And that's because, like I said, our words, they shape our mindset. So the mindset that we have, 
our words shape it over time. And maybe it's even after we stop repeating those words to ourselves, but we keep a barrier on what we can do and what God can do in us from the words that we kept repeating over ourselves over and over and over again, time and time again, when we were faced with a problem of similarity to what we have before or the words of others that have stuck with us in our head. They become how we view ourselves. They set our limitations and boundaries. But the best part of this is, is that God says we don't have to stay there. He says, you're not the words that you used to say to yourself. And I think of Proverbs again, Proverbs 16, 24, gracious speeches like clover, honey, good taste to the soul, quick energy for the body. I'm no longer defined by the words that, what, that defined me before. I don't sound like I did before. My language is different. How I talk about myself is different. How I talk about other people is different. And that's because I've been made new by the blood of Jesus. Right? So God gave us, God knew this. God knew that words shaped our mindset. So he gave us a book called the Bible that's full of his word, full of who he says we are, our new identity found in him, full of his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the things that we need to change the words that we say to ourselves, the words that we say to other people, and they change our mindset. From where we were set limitations on ourselves before, where the Israelites said, no, I can't do this. God said, I showed you a promise. I've showed you what I can do. So I'll take you out of the language that you were before. I'll take the Egypt out of you, and I'll take you to the promise. And God's trying to take us to the promise, take us to the love and joy and peace that we can have in our lives if we choose to shape our mindset, not by the words of others, not by the failures and problems that we've faced before, but instead by his word, by who says we are. And that means changing from what we thought we were before. And this isn't my opinion. This isn't my words. This isn't the words of other people in my life, but this is the word of God that's going to set my identity. My identity is not found in the world, but it's found in God. And we are made new. Our language is made new. We don't sound like we did before because we've been made new in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Are you grateful that Jesus makes us new? Honestly, I think all of us in the room, watching online, listening to this later, I think we can identify with the fact that we've been really, really hurt. Hurt by people. And I just want to take a moment and say I'm really sorry. There's Jesus who sees your brokenness. The Bible tells us that he keeps our tears in a bottle. He sees every tear. He sits with us in the pain. But the beauty of our Jesus is that he will not leave us there. If you've been at NCC for any amount of time, you've heard that we are all about making people and places new. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And we get to celebrate that Jesus made this possible. That we are made new. 
We are not who we used to be. We are not who they said we were. We are not who we said we were because he made us new through the blood of Jesus. And that is to be celebrated this morning. Come on. And we're not walking on this journey alone. Friends, it is a lot easier said than done to just shape, you know, redirect our thoughts and make new patterns in our words. It's hard. But the tough truth is that the Bible calls us higher as followers of Jesus. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we're getting those first thoughts of those old patterns, what we used to tell ourselves, what we used to allow power over ourselves in other people's words, We can lean on the hope of Jesus Christ to get us through that. And the beauty of Jesus is that he came to earth. He lived a perfect life without sin, but still said yes to hanging on a cross. Bleeding, bruised, and broken with everybody to look at him for every single one of us. And there is nothing we can do to ever earn that, to deserve that. But he loves us that much. And by him hanging on the cross, we're forgiven. How beautiful is that? That we don't have to carry the weight of our past. We don't have to carry the weight of the fact that truth is we probably hurt people with our words. Because we're all imperfect in this room. Micah and I, we are all in this together. I think that's really beautiful. But we're forgiven. We don't have to keep carrying the weight of it. We get to place it at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you for dying for me, that I don't have to carry this weight anymore. We're forgiven, and we are redeemed. We're redeemed in our words Because he makes us new, our words can be new, our patterns can be new, our thoughts can be new, because he is always redeeming us day after day after day after day. And lastly, the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed, that we do not have to constantly be hurting, constantly be broken over our words over the words we tell ourselves, the words that people have spoken over us by the condition of our heart. He's healed us. And it's a process. But he's healed you. And he gets to walk with us through every single step. So in a moment, we're going to pray. But Micah and I do not want to miss the opportunity for anyone who does not yet know Jesus. Or maybe you're sitting in this room here this morning, and you did know Jesus, but then life happened. You've walked away. If you're feeling in this moment, man, I miss you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. We don't want to miss the opportunity for you to have 
a beautiful, alive relationship with him. But we are all in this together, right? So we're not going to let anyone pray by themselves. So in a moment when we pray, if you're in person, if you're online, if you're listening to this later, we're all going to pray out loud together, okay? So let's pray and repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth, living a perfect life, and still dying for me. I know that I've sinned, and I will continue to, but thank you for saving me. From this moment forward, I choose you. I choose you today. I choose you tomorrow. And I choose you forever. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Can we just put our hands together for someone who might have prayed that for the first time or again? The Bible tells us that all of heaven is rejoicing when even one person is entered into the kingdom of heaven. And that is something to rejoice. Gosh, that is so beautiful. I'm so excited. And the beautiful thing about this community of Jesus followers is that you don't have to do it alone. You've heard us say time and time and time again this morning, we're all in this together because we're all walking together as followers of Jesus through all the imperfect, messy stuff. And we want to walk with you through this too. And we have something here at NCC called Connect Track. And this is the next step. And hey, maybe you've been at NCC for a while. Maybe you've even been here for years. But there is so much beauty in Connect Track. So if you have not yet done this, we just really want to encourage you. This is going to launch you in your relationship with Jesus. You're going to be resourced. You're going to be walked with. You're going to even be able to see how you are spiritually gifted. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, yeah, the link is up here on the screens, newcommunity.co slash connecttrack, and you'll be able to find all the information there. Yeah, absolutely. Connecttrack is a great place to be. And two of our amazing, super encouraging leaders are there leading that, and Joseph and Val. And so get connected in that. And just before we leave, we wanted to resource you guys with some action steps, how to make this practical and how to do this in our everyday lives. So we wanted to encourage you guys to actually take intentional time this week to encourage three people in your lives. So whether that's taking out your phone right now and writing down, okay, I'm going to, three people I'm going to be in contact with this week, whether it's a call, uh, whether it's a note on someone's desk at work, whatever that looks like, family member that you're able to talk to in person, intentionally encourage three people this week because there's great power in our words like we were saying, and even a small encouragement can have great impact on someone's life. You never know the kind of week they're having or how life is going right now for them, so bring encouragement in their lives. And then the second is incorporate these verses into your week. So this is, where should I start in the Bible? We talked about the power of our words and how Jesus gives us, or God gives us his Bible full of words of encouragement, who we are, our identity. Take a picture of these verses. These are some great verses. Throughout your Devo time this week or whenever you have time, 
look up each one of these verses, write, down, write it down. I know for me, I really love taking an Expo marker and writing it on my mirror so I see in the morning words of encouragement from God, who He says I am, and that's how mornings start. Or if it's on the YouVersion Bible app, you can make a Bible verse into a wallpaper. Do that. Make it the wallpaper on your phone so every time you open your phone, when you pick up your phone, that's what you see is you see the encouraging words of God. And so we just want to pray over you guys as we are using our words this week to encourage people that we are intentional with that. So if everyone can pray with me, pray in your own words. Uh, don't let me pray alone. We want everyone here to pray over your guys' lives, over the people's lives in this room. God, thank you so much that we're able to be connected in a great community like NCC. God, an encouraging community like NCC. Lord, I pray that we start to use our words intentionally to encourage people, Lord, to build people up with your word, who you say we are, who you say they are, Lord. That's what reflects in our words this week and as we walk out our lives. I pray that you are a reflection of our heart, Lord, in our, in our language. As we talk to people, they see something, something is different, and that's because we have Jesus in our heart. That's because we're reflecting your word. We're not talking how everyone else is talking, Lord, but it sounds a little different because we love people well. So I pray as we walk out this week that you walk every step with us, that whether we face trial and challenge or this is an amazing week, we rejoice in it the same with you. We find peace in it the same with you, and we carry your joy wherever we walk. We thank you so much for all that you do in our lives, for the sacrifice that you made for us, and just that we get to, to rest in all that you have for us, all your promises, all your love, and all your joy. We pray this in your name. Thank you.